The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. We are here today courtesy of our good friends at Sabre. Be safe no matter where the road takes you with Sabre's new Safe Escape Automotive Tool. The only three-in-one automotive tool designed for your safety. It includes a seatbelt cutter, a stainless steel glass breaker, and Sabre's Maximum Strength Pepper Gel. Stay safe with the Safe Escape from Sabre. Available now on SabreRed.com. That's S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D.com. So happy to have you with us. With me today is my partner, Suzanne Mitchell, and this is a special show for us. It's the second one on AM 1150, and will also be available as a podcast on AmericanRoadMagazine.com. But it's special for Suzanne and myself because we made the trip, the pilgrimage, as it were, to Coral Castle, not far away from Miami in Homestead, about three years ago, this coming April. Isn't that true, Suzanne? Yes, and you say it's not far from, but as I recall, <laughs> there were no interstates between Miami and Coral Castle, so we were traveling America's highways and byways, lots of red lights, and I think it took almost an hour to get there. There's a little bit of open road travel, it's true, and that's okay by us because for us it was a pilgrimage. I don't think that's an exaggeration. It was off the beaten path, but it was the reason for our going to South East Florida to Miami because for years I had heard about Coral Castle and I was so interested in seeing it firsthand. And really, if you haven't, if you've only heard about it would be a good way to put it. You've got to see it. I mean, you have got to see it. It is a wonder of the world. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, in order to get some expertise, we decided to call down to Coral Castle, and we secured the time and the good graces of a gentleman by the name of Ken Burke, who's a tour guide there. And I would like to bring him on right now. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Gary. I appreciate it. Well, it, not We're nearly as much. We're excited to be on your show today. We're absolutely thrilled to have you become part of American Roads Trip Talk. When it comes to Coral Castle, having been there. It feels like, for a time, Suzanne and I were in another world. I can say that TripAdvisor, for example, rates Coral Castle one of the top 35 museums across the U.S. That's extraordinary. When it comes to experts' choice, for example, with TripExpert, uh, in the Miami area, less than 2% of all attractions worldwide receive the experts' choice award. And in the Miami area, we've got Coral Castle. Edward, That's very true. And uh, we're very proud of that ourselves. As well you should be. Now, Ken, the gentleman who made all this happen, Edward Leed Scalman, secretly built Coral Castle at night. I, I feel like I have to explain to our listeners, I'm not making this stuff up. Ed Leed Scalman secretly built Coral Castle at night, excavating, carving, and moving 1,100 tons of coral rock himself. That's that right, correct. by himself. That is correct. So Ken, and he did it we... all at night because he, uh, he did not want anyone to know exactly how he did this. He kept his mystery very close to the vest. 
He did, Ken, and maybe you can give us some insight as to why that would be the case. Of course, having your work interrupted is no fun anyway. I get it. We're kind of interrupting yours to have you do this show today, and thank you for that. No, that's no but, problem at all. But with Ed having done that by himself, there he worked at night under what would be by anyone described as primitive conditions, and he did this with a sense of passion that I think people almost 100 years later would scarcely understand. I would agree with that 100%. So if we take the Coral Castle experience as a love story, your tour guide, perfect guy to ask, Ken Burke, tell us, in essence, who was this man, Edward Leed Scalman, and why would he put together something that is not only very beautiful in its own way and so astonishing in its construction and management, but done by one person for what I'm sure he would regard as a sacred purpose. What is the love story behind Coral Castle? Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Ed, Ed Leeds Gallen. He was born in 1887 over in Riga, Latvia. Now that's in between Lithuania and Estonia. Now, when he was in his mid-20s, well, he fell in love with a young lady. He called his sweet 16, Miss Agnes Scuff, and hence started the romance. Now, they did get engaged. They set the date for the wedding. And the night before the wedding, well, she just said, Ed, I'm very sorry. You're too old and you're too poor. And poor Ed was devastated. So he decided to leave Regalafia. Now, he came over to North America in 1912. You talk about primitive times. There were no air, airplanes coming this way. So he booked passage on the SS Pennsylvania coming out of Hamburg, Germany. And um, now he could have left a couple of days earlier, but I'm kind of glad he didn't because I'd be working somewhere, but I would not be working here. That was the Titanic. Of course, we oh, all know what happened to that. This would have never happened. But at the same time, he made it to New York City in 1912. He landed in New York. He worked across North America going west. He worked in the mines for about eight years. And in 1920, he was in Portland, Oregon. Now there, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. So mm -hmm. back in the day, the only cure they knew about was fresh air and sunshine. He's doing this all with a broken heart. So he came down here to Florida City in 1921, and he worked for a local family called the Mosiers for about two years. Now, they were so happy with him that they gave him one acre of land, and that's a pretty good deal. So he started his first castle in 1921. Now, he was down to First Castle for about 12 or 13 years, and he carved out different tables, chairs, figurines, reminding him of his Sweet 16 all the time. And as you probably saw when you were here, the Feast of the Love table, many, many symbols in the castle that reminded him of his Sweet 16 and his lost love of many years before. Now... After being down at the first castle for 12 or 13 years, unfortunately, he did find out that she had gone off, got married to someone else, and she left him forever. So in 
So at this point in time, he figured, well, I'm making a living. You want to remember, he started the first castle in 1923 during the Roaring Twenties. And then he came up here to the property that you visited in 1936. He saw two surveyors, and he asked them, what are you doing? He said, well, we're extending US-1 highway, which is the one you traveled on, from Miami to Key West. And uh, so he came up in this location. He found the perfect property for him, 10 acres of land for $10. And he started building Rockgate Park up here in 1936. Now, after he bought that 10 acres, he sold seven of those 10 acres to the state of Florida to bring the highway right by his front door. This man was a brilliant, brilliant businessman. And um, he worked on this until 1951, the year that he passed away. He was completed with it. And um, he always kept his lost love in his heart. He never got married again, or never got married at all. Never had a family, never had children. But he spent his 28, almost 30 years building this castle. And like you mentioned, there's 2.2 million pounds of rock in here. And it's certainly not going to go anywhere. <laughs> we certainly hope not. We are very happy to have the, the good knowledge and the good graces of Ken Burke at our disposal today to let people know just what an exciting and rewarding trip it is when you visit Coral Castle, generally in the Miami area, not too far away from where Hurricane Andrew did its damage, and that oh, played a role as well. Ken, let's take yeah. a moment here. I, I have a commercial to do, a very important sponsor to recommend, and then on the other yeah. side of that, we'll continue our conversation. I wanted to let our listeners know that now available from Sabre is the number one pepper spray brand trusted by police worldwide. I'm talking about the new three-in-one safe escape automotive tool, the only automotive tool designed for your safety. The safe escape contains a seatbelt cutter to slice through mal malfunctioning seatbelts within seconds a stainless steel glass breaker for speedy escape, and Sabre's maximum strength pepper gel with a range of up to 12 feet and 25 bursts per canister. Be safe no matter where the road takes you with Sabre's three-in-one safe escape automotive tool. It's now available at saberred.com. Saberred.com, that's S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D.com. Welcome back to our show, American Road Trip Talk. We're talking about Coral Castle, one of the most extraordinary man-made places on this planet, and it was done by one man, Edward Leed Scalnan. We have Ken Burke with us, who is an expert on Coral Castle. There are more questions than we have time, but we're going to tackle this as best we can. Ken, I know that since 1923, scientists, engineers, scholars continue to be amazed by this structure. You can go there and see a, a nine-ton gate a Polaris telescope, the world's only sundial with seasons displayed, and also enjoy, I should mention, a short movie about the mysteries of Coral Castle and its creator, Edward Leed Scalman. When you go through it, Ken, and you lead these tours, there must be one, two, three different places that you love to point out and describe. Give us those highlights, if you please. Absolutely. Now, some of my favorite uh, 
parts of this are obviously his scientific experiments that he did. And uh, one of those is balance with his three-ton gait, which is actually a three-ton turnstile. So as you enter into the castle, uh, you get to push this through, and it really is there to amaze you and show you what other surprising things are to come as you go through the castle. Now, another one of my favorites is the Polaris telescope that you mentioned. I mean, this is truly a magnificent piece of science. He has aimed this telescope directly at the North Star. And he has a pair of crosshairs up there that define the four seasons. And depending on the season, the North Star will show up in one of those four quadrants. Now, I have seen it in each one of those quadrants, so I know it works. But it's truly amazing that he could determine where that North Star would be within a 24-inch diameter. This man had a fourth-grade education. He spoke five languages. He loved mathematics, physics, geometry, astrology, astronomy, and all the sciences. He was truly a magnificent, self-taught, natural genius, obviously with a thirst for knowledge. Now, the other item that you mentioned is his sundial. And uh, it's the only one in the world like that. And it, it shines from 9 to 4. The curvature of the bowl of the, uh, of the sundial is the curvature of the Earth at 23.5 degrees inverted. Now, the black lines that you will see when you come to see it represent the path of the Earth around the sun. The lower part is the summer solstice. The top part is the winter solstice with spring and fall equinox in between. And uh, so this is truly a magnificent piece of scientific equipment. I can also say that it can seem downright homey and thereby hangs a tail with us, Ken, because when Suzanne and I went there, Suzanne did something that I did not do. Suzanne, do you recall sitting in the chair in what would have been Edward Leedskalnin's living room? Yes, I do. He had a, quite a bit of furniture there, table, chairs. All of uh, which he built out of all, raw materials. All of which he built, right. And I wanted to try it out, which is allowed, uh, as far as I understand. And so I was able yeah. to sit in one of the chairs what really amazed me, Ken, more than anything else, I mean, we're talking about a vast scale of, of coral, which is extremely, extremely heavy. There is a small spot where they show an excavation at Coral Castle because that whole southeast part of Florida is actually on coral. If you dig deep enough, it's on coral as opposed to just being dirt. And right. so he was he was excavating right in the place where he was building this uh, area, this little um, outdoor, almost like an amusement park in a way. Mm -hmm. But how he did it by himself, the fact that he did it after dark, and something that I read that intrigued me so much was that he he wrote, even though he never shared how he did this, 
he wrote, I figured out how the pyramids were built. He somehow had the technology in his mind as to how to balance tons of coral rock, carve them and put them in place as an individual person. I find very little much more amazing than that. Well, that's that's very true. And really, uh, when the visitors do come to see us, they'll be able to sit in that chair that you were talking about. It's almost like a the original Lazy Boy, and it's meant more for your lower back. Everyone that I have sit in there is absolutely amazed at how comfortable that chair is. Now, and, I just uh, want to kick myself, Ken, because I stood in that same spot and I was reticent. I will tell you that I did not sit in that chair, though I had the same opportunity as everybody else taking the tour that day. I just felt like I was sitting in somebody, or would be, sitting in somebody's living room when they weren't home, and I refrained from it, and Suzanne sat right down. Well, I know she enjoyed it, because that's one of the most comfortable chairs in the whole castle. So you would call it ergonomic? Absolutely ergonomic. <laughs> That is amazing stuff. It's so remarkable to look at. Even when you go upstairs, it's a little bit of a climb, nothing too onerous, I would say. But Ken, when you go up to Edward's living quarters, which I understand are maintained essentially as they were originally, one of the things that I found extra astonishing was the amount of equipment and machinery that Mr. Leed Scallon was able to use and needed to use, even though it was repurposed from other equipment meant for other purposes originally. He was an extremely creative uh, builder. And he would go down to the local junkyard back in his day and choose out whatever piece that he felt he needed. Back in the day, there was no charge for it. Actually, you could take a piece down there and take a piece. Uh, drop off a piece and take a piece, no charge. Or you can just go down and help yourself. Um, and Ed absolutely did exactly that. He helped himself to whatever he needed. And what a creative brain. I mean, this man made a cooker out of a rear axle of a Model T Ford in 1925. Um, he made other tools that were created uh, from automobile parts. I mean, he made a generator that would light up two light bulbs. He was an extremely brilliant, brilliant man. And what so far ahead of his own time, that is for sure. Have people speculated, possibly including yourself, Ken, as to what he might have done had he lived in good health for another five or ten years? Was this something that was going to, in other words, a project that would just keep going and growing? Well, I think it would. Um, as a matter of fact, I have spoken to local people that actually knew Ed. And, uh, of course, they're, they're in their 80s and 90s now, but they were here as young children. And Ed would always tell them that because they wanted to know, well, what are you doing here? And he said, of course, he was building a monument for a long-lost love, Miss Agnes Scuff. But he had also had planned on the community growing up around here and supporting him in his old age. So that's a great plan. Unfortunately, he did not, he was not able to live that out. He, mm. he passed away in 1951. He was 64 years old. 
Now, back in Ed's day, now that was pretty old. That's Today, true. Nothing but a drop in the bucket. Right. But that's good to know. Longer, and that's a great, great thing. Let me ask but you this, Ken. He did okay for his time. He certainly had. He, he absolutely did okay for his time. When you talk about the location of it now. Hurricane Andrew had its big say. What was the effect on Coral Castle? Well, Hurricane Andrew, this was ground zero. Everything around here was flattened. Homestead was destroyed. It looked like a war zone. Now, anything green in the castle, including the forest on the outside, was wiped out. Nothing happened to the stones, like I said earlier, there's 2.2 million pounds of rock in here. It's not going anywhere. Did flying debris hit the back wall and chip it? So what? There's nothing's going to move this. Now, when the National Guard came down here to restore order, because it was like a war zone, Coral Castle was command central for them. The air base five miles away was absolutely destroyed. Nothing else. No landmarks. If I hadn't lived in Miami since 1958, I would not be able to find my way around this area. Oh, wow. There was no land, no uh, landmarks whatsoever. But Coral Castle is still here, and it will be for thousands of years. It's not going anywhere. This is truly a monumental piece of building that this man did. I kid people when I talk about Coral Castle, by if they haven't been there, by saying if the Martians ever do come down here, they're going to think this is an interesting place. <laughs> Reminds us of home. <laughs> well, you know what? Also, we're only about 10 feet above sea level. And the seas are rising, according to the scientists. Another three or 400 years, this might be the next Atlantis of Homestead. Oh, it's wow. Already... I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Or maybe just I hadn't a good thought of it that spot. way. Yeah, it might be just a good dive spot also. But that's pretty remarkable that Mother Nature goes full circle sometimes. And, well, that's uh, true. And this will be here for thousands of years. There's no you know, there are some mind. of us. There's some of us baby boomers, Ken, who are uh, fond of music from Billy Idol. He wrote a song called "Sweet 16 that seems to be about Coral Castle and Edward yeah, in particular. It is about that, and he sings that on his tours even today. The last uh, tour he was on, I think it was in Germany, and he sang it there, and that was maybe a year ago. He was here in Hollywood, Florida not too long ago. He sang it at that uh, venue as well. So he sings that today, and it's all about Coral Castle and um, Edward and his lost love. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw the, where the sundial was. There's a rocking chair up at the top, and that's a 5,000-pound rocking chair. The last person that I know to sit in that was Bill, Billy Idol, because he came out here and filmed a video. I remember well seeing it. Yes. We did see that video. That's true. You know, I wanted to mention if anybody is in the Miami area, yeah, Coral Castle is one of the most interesting places I've ever been to, and one of the most interesting places in the United States. And I just want to mention that 
according to the website, it is open 365 days a year, so you never have to worry about whether it's closed or not. That is and correct. That, and that is Sunday through Thursday. It is open 9 to 6, and Saturday, Friday and Saturday, 9 to 7. Those are great hours. The tours are absolutely fabulous, Ken. I don't know if Gary and I were with you on the tour that we took. By the sound of his voice, he wasn't our tour guy, <laughs> but I seem to recall someone sounding like Ken who was around at the time. And well, I I've just been wanted... here seven years, so you probably heard me somewhere. I uh, believe probably. so. I just wanted to highly, highly, highly recommend Coral Castle as a absolutely wonderful place to go which is not on the interstate. This is on one of America's highways and byways. It takes a little time to get there, and it is so worth seeing. And I just wanted to mention that before the end of the show. And uh, with the waning seconds, I wanted to say, first of all, thank you, Ken Burke, a wonderful tour on the radio, and people really need to see this place in person to fully appreciate it, of course. I absolutely agree. No matter what your theories are, no matter what your thoughts are, how much... No matter where you saw it, until you come down here and you touch it, you see the magnitude that this one man did. This is not 10,000 people. Now, I grant you, it took him 28 years to do it. But again, this is going to be here for thousands of years. I think we've been... We've been given an extra minute or two by the radio gods, and this will be available as a podcast, by the way, on AmericanRoadMagazine.com. Ken, I did want to mention that scientists to this day, some highly, highly educated people, still find it greatly mysterious. What are, if anything, in just a few words, what are the unsolved mysteries of Coral Castle? First of all, how did one guy do it? But, I mean, in terms of the engineering. Well, the engineering is spectacular. You know, Ed would work inch by inch, minute by minute. Now, if something wasn't right, he could stop, figure it out, make it right, move on. Uh, he didn't have to pull a permit. That's pretty good. But, uh, you know, the building where he lived, and, of course, below was his man cave where the tools are. And uh, no one to this day can figure out how he built a two-story building, with even with pictures of three or four tripods around it because the building is way taller than all of his tripods. Nobody can answer that question, me included. And also the, the north wall, the heaviest wall in the whole castle, 30 tons or 60,000 pounds. To this day, we have no idea how that man put it up there. But we look at it every day. So he did it somehow. We just don't know how. Or do the uh, scientists that come out here, they are baffled. I've had people that are stonemasons on my tour do this kind of work for a living. They have no idea how this man did it by himself. And that's for people that work in the business. I had one here earlier today. He supervises high-rise buildings in Chicago. He was absolutely baffled how one man could do this. So we invite all of you to please come down here. I would like to make one remark that sure. if you do not want to go on US-1, which, like you mentioned, does have a lot of red red light, uh, we are in between US-1 and the Florida Turnpike, which may give you a little quicker trip. But, you know, not knowing what your uh, scheduling is, what your timing is, you have a choice of either or. But... Uh, 
uh, it's truly a magnificent, best-kept secret in South Florida, and we invite everyone that would like to see it to please come down and see us. It is truly one of the great wonders of the world. Ken Burke, thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into American Road Trip Talk. Along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.